It's like super nice out today. Is it actually nice or is it just you have the glow and the new perspective of a bride? Birds are singing. (laughs) Children are laughing. It's your first show as a married woman. It's not that. (laughs) (laughs) That's all good, but it is actually really nice out. Welcome back to Most Self-Improved. We are your hosts, Pava Chilakori and... You're in Jensen's. You're not changing your name. (laughs) Not yet. We'll see. So we're really excited to take a little break from our regular self-improvement programming today for a special episode on gratitude and honor of Thanksgiving. I'm really, really excited for, for Thanksgiving. And obviously gratitude is a big piece of that. So it's a super hot topic in self-improvement. We have read Gratitude by Oliver Sacks. It's a really short and sweet read for essays. He's a British neurologist, naturalist, science historian, and writer, according to Wikipedia. I I was going to say that's a great dating app bio. Right? Like, whoa, how does he do so many things? But yeah, this is the time, the short king of books in the book world. This book is a short king, I think. (laughs) It is. So he wrote and published these essays shortly before he died from cancer in 2015. And so he's talking about gratitude from the lens of a person who has just a few months left to live. Parts of it made me kind of sad, but other parts were really inspiring. I think that's such a special kind of wisdom that I certainly appreciate. It's like someone who's read the whole book and that it's like, when you mm-hmm. think about that, like, then what would you have thought of the earlier chapters? I just respect that wisdom so much. So yes, I was excited yeah. to get his perspective. In the first essay called Mercury, he's just like kind of talks about how glad he is to be alive, which I don't know. It's just kind of, it's really nice. He talks about when the weather's great, he'll just be like, I'm just glad I'm not dead. I'm glad I'm like alive to enjoy this beautiful day. And that kind of struck me. I have a gratitude practice, but I'm not that good at being grateful. It always has to be for something. And if I don't have the thing, I'm like, where's this thing? Can I get it? <laughs> Can what I get do you mean? It? Like you are wanting praying for something specifically and then when you get it, you're grateful. Is that what you're saying? Yeah, exactly. Okay. Exactly. Whereas he is so just grateful to be there. And I feel like that is really endearing. And I was like, oh, how can I kind of cultivate that without having, you know, <laughs> the life altering event of like a really serious diagnosis? But how do you get up every day? It's like, oh my gosh, I'm just like grateful to have woken up and be here. Cause I think that is a great way to start the day. And that's definitely not how I start my day. I'm like, I gotta get up. Like this is annoying. (laughs) But I don't know that stuck out to me, but. It totally doesn't. What you just said reminded me of a conversation I had with a woman for the Here's How podcast, Jean, fantastic woman, fell 150 feet down a mountain. But what she said is she has this Buddhist practice of every morning. She thinks about how close you are to death at any moment. So like you're Mm -hmm. saying, thank God we have our health, but you can, to a certain extent, have that thought that like, if this is your last few moments, are you, you know, going to be kinder to your mother? That's for me. Or, you know, (laughs) are you going to be nicer to whoever, despite having PMS symptoms? But I loved getting at that wisdom that I kind of talked about earlier. He says, I am sorry I have wasted and still waste so much time. I'm sorry to be as agonizingly shy at 80 as I was at 20, which maybe that doesn't apply to you, but I love a specific lesson. So Mm -hmm. I appreciated that. 
Yeah, I really appreciated that part. He was just honest. He wrote that he was grateful for having done all these things. But he's like, oh, I did waste some time. I didn't learn another language besides English. I didn't travel as much. But he was still able through those little regrets to be grateful overall. I hate when people say they don't have regrets. It's like, stop lying. Ooh, very interesting. Now it's like, what are your regrets? So many. Are you kidding (laughs) In our, in our special Patreon episode, Bob Dulles, every regret. But what <laughs> do you roll your eyes in when people say, if I did things differently, then I wouldn't be where I am today? Which, like, no, it's I understand okay. that. Okay. Yeah, I understand that. But, you know, I think it's so human to be like, oh, I wish. I had done this. And that's why it's important to go for things now, which we talk about a lot. But I like that he acknowledged that too. The other thing that stuck out to me is how young he still felt. Like, how did this time go? Because I feel like that a lot. I don't know if you ever feel like that. Like, oh, I'm like 18, right? I still feel like the same person in a lot of ways that I was in college. Then you go back and like read something you wrote in college and you're like, oh, hopefully I'm a little bit better than this. But no, it, just, it strikes you like life is, it is actually short. After a while, you're like, oh my gosh, I'm at the end of this. That's wild. Yeah. My mom will say she feels 28, but David yeah. Duchovny, I chatted with him recently, you know, and uh, <laughs> he was saying his dad was like 65 or something or maybe older, but he said, whenever I walk by the mirror, I expect to see a 16 year old or something. And so I don't think that goes away. Like they say, you're as young as you feel. Yeah. Super interesting. The next essay called My Own Life was published in the New York Times when he was in the hospital. So at this point, he really knows he has months to live. He writes, I feel a sudden clear focus and perspective. There is no time for anything inessential. I must focus on myself, my work, and my friends. And he pretty much says he's done watching the news like or paying attention to politics or global warming or anything. And he's careful to say that's not like he's indifferent to all of that stuff. But he's kind of like, okay, I have a lot of faith in the young people of today. And I can't focus on those things. Those are the problems of the future. There's something really beautiful about everything falling away and like, oh my gosh, this is what's important right now when I have this much time left. Which don't you wish we knew it at the beginning? Is it fair that you don't really know it until the end? Yeah. And it's like, we kind of know it, but we don't act that way, you know? And so it's like, oh, how do you act that way? Like, would you make time, right, to go visit that friend? I need you to just like, let that seep in. That is a good, would you make time blank? Yeah, I think that was the the big thing. And then he has this really beautiful quote. I'll just read it. He says, I cannot pretend that I'm without fear, but my predominant feeling is one of gratitude. I have loved and been loved. I've been given much and I've given something in return. I have read and traveled and thought and written. I have had an intercourse with the world, the special intercourse of writers and readers. Above all, I've been a sentient being, a thinking animal on this beautiful planet. And that in itself has been an enormous privilege and adventure. He's essentially saying like, just thank you for getting to be alive, which is really beautiful. And again, something I don't do that often. I I very much connected to that. Did you connect to that when he was just saying, I got to work and I got to travel. It is such a privilege to do whatever makes you feel alive or puts you in that flow state. But the, I've had an intercourse with the world. That is so special to me. I love it. It's a little naughty. But I love it. I I feel like, yeah, no one uses that word, but he used it perfectly. (laughs) And I'm going to start using it like that. I'm like, how do I have an intercourse with the world today? This whole chapter reminds, I don't know if you've seen that 
conversation between Stephen Colbert and Anderson Cooper on grief. Not to minimize it, because of course, it's not just a clip, but the clip where they're both like being very emotional and talking about it. He says, I've learned to love the thing that I most wish had not happened. And what punishments of God are not gifts, which I think he actually says is a Tolkien quote. Big (laughs) Lord of the Rings guy. He says, if you're grateful for your life, you have to be grateful for all of it, which I'm not there yet. Like, how do you be grateful for all of it? There's something about that that feels really hard. And so I'm still figuring out what that means. But I feel like this author, despite this diagnosis, was grateful for all of it, for everything that happened. In case listeners aren't aware, Stephen Colbert, when he was 10, he lost his dad and the two older brothers in a plane crash. It is very moving how he's able to be so grateful after such a tragedy. Mm -hmm. There's something about the way he approaches life where he's like, existence is a gift. I'm going to be grateful for just existing. And with that comes suffering. In the last couple essays, a couple things stood out to me. Oliver writes about this transcendent experience of seeing like the night sky full of stars. And it just makes him realize I'm this small part of this huge, huge thing. I think that is why it's so important to experience awe. In the last essay, A Sabbath, he's reflecting a lot on his childhood. And what stuck out to me most was he had this deeply interesting life, did a lot of stuff, but there was also a lot of pain when he tried to come out to, or his mom found out that he was gay and her reaction was really heartbreaking. He underwent long periods of loneliness, celibacy, addiction, but at the same time, he also found meaningful work helped a lot of people and in the end was able to come out openly, had a partner that he loved very much. And so he was able to achieve this sense of peace. And then the last quote I'll share is, he says, and now weak, short of breath, my once firm muscles melted away by cancer. I find my thoughts increasingly not on the supernatural or spiritual, but on what is meant by living a good and worthwhile life, achieving a sense of peace within oneself. It's beautiful. Mm -hmm. Absolutely beautiful. Uh, That's also what I got from that chapter. Is there anything else that touched you about this book or do you want to share? Just being grateful is an important lesson and one I need to keep working on. And probably a lot of people do just being grateful, not for anything specific, but just to be here. That's the thing. And we've read it too. They talk about how being grateful really grounds you and puts you in the present. And that is very peaceful to me. Just be here. Moving on from Oliver's book, I did want to read, you know, I'm a Nora Ephron girl, and she unfortunately was diagnosed with leukemia in 2006, which she kept under wraps for a long time. But she published this book, I Remember Nothing, in November 2010. So she already knew that she was sick. And it's a book of essays. And one of them is just a collection of things that she'll miss, titled What mm-hmm. I Will Miss. And it is relevant for our Thanksgiving episode, but I just want to read it. It's super quick. What I will miss, my kids, Nick, who is her husband, spring, fall, waffles, the concept of waffles, bacon, a walk in the park, the idea of a walk in the park, and she lives in New York, so I assume this is Central Park, the park, Shakespeare in the park, the bed, (laughs) reading in bed, fireworks, laughs, the view outside the window, twinkle lights, butter, dinner at home, just the two of us, dinner with friends, dinner with friends in cities where none of us lives, Paris, next year in Istanbul, Pride and Prejudice, the Christmas tree, one for the table, the dogwood, taking a bath, coming over the bridge to Manhattan, pie, 
And this is out of order, but I thought this was relevant. She said she would miss Thanksgiving dinner. So that is just a beautiful reminder that today, if you are listening on Thanksgiving, the people that you're with, the meal that you are about to have, someone who is no longer with us is missing that moment. So we should just Mm. appreciate what we have. So yeah, I thought that was beautiful. That's really beautiful. I love that list. So that's That's a good list. list. That's a great list. So we should do our own list. Not I, maybe we should have done it before because who could follow that? <laughs> I know. I was say, I'm like I'm not following Nora. <laughs> you could just steal a couple. No, but do you have? If we don't have to put the pressure on ourselves as Nora Efron, do you have a handful of things that you're grateful for? Like beyond the basics that like everyone would say. Whatever it means to you. If I said, what are five things you're grateful for, as I am doing now, what would you, what would you respond? Five things. Okay. Well, I'm I'm not going to say like family, friends, because I feel like that's a given. I feel really grateful that everyone I love was in one room this weekend. That felt incredibly special. I suddenly feel really grateful for You've Got Mail, which is actually my favorite rom-com. So good. And I do watch it every Christmas. So maybe I'll watch it early this year because I'm feeling very like Nora Ephron right now. I had the best pizza last night from the pizza shop around the corner. I was like, I shouldn't be doing this because of the lactose intolerance, but I just took a bunch of lactate and it was just so good. What made it good and what was on it? Was it the crust that made it good? Was it the fiery burn? Ed? Like what it the made pepperoni. it good? Oh, the fiery burn. It was the right? pepperoni. Like they put it like under the cheese and it was just like pizza, you know, like. <laughs> so, and I, I ate the whole thing by myself while watching The Bachelor. I'm really grateful for the kids in my life because I know that's part of my family, but they spoke at my wedding and they just did such a good job. They were so cute and wonderful and I couldn't believe how much they've grown up. Lastly, right at this moment, this feels a little weird, but everything it took to get to this place where I am now, because there was lots of times I was like, I can't do this anymore. I was like, there's no person at the end of this that's going to be worth all this, but there is. So really, really grateful for that. I love that. That's so good. What about you? Friends and family, obviously. (laughs) 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 You said, I was like, I'm so generic. Because, no, but I, I'm like... Oh, no, it, but it's important. I'll be generic and specific. So I'm very grateful for my faith, for Jesus, for God. But also, because I'm, we know, no, I'm not winning any awards for being upbeat. And, and sometimes it gets that. But a couple of weeks ago now, I go to a concert out of state at a venue of 9,000 people. Red Rocks, Morrison, Colorado. Mm. I'm seat 66. My friend is seat 67. This couple... Next to us walks up to fill seat 68 and of course 69. And (laughs) who is it? But my first like serious love boyfriend. That's so random. And so for a God who orchestrates things and makes me feel like I'm not alone, very appreciative of that. My family who offers me unconditional love and my sister-in-law who always follows whatever new podcast I have. The love of my nieces. That's so special to me. Three would be another generic one, health, but specifically this fitness studio that I started going to in June. And I used to not be a gym girl, but 
everyone there is so nice and no one's intimidating. And all they say is like, your hair is cute. We love your outfit. You look so strong. And like, I do feel really strong after I finish a class with Heidi. So I'm very thankful for that studio and an instructor who pushes us. I am grateful for friends, especially you and friends that will say, sure, whenever you say like, should we have a podcast and tell our deepest secrets to four people? And it's like, yes, we should do that. We should do that. Thankful for every, every listener listening to this podcast. And then lastly, I am very thankful for my ability to walk into my power, which I feel like hit at like 35. And over the last year, I've been able to launch two podcasts and been less fearful about what results would be and being able to like detach from the outcome. And that's been really, really important and felt really nice. So I'm very grateful for all the things. (laughs) Isn't 35 is the best, like your body breaks, but everything else. It's like, girl, we are, I feel like the bot is probably botting the most it's bought it. Like, I feel like because you're going going to that fitness studio, I'm not doing that. (laughs) But can I, can I say, I was showing, I was telling my friend about running into my ex-boyfriend and I said, he looks the same. And she said, you look the same. I was like, no, you've just seen me more consistently. You haven't noticed I've changed. Here's this photo of me from 2014. She says, I think you've lost the baby fat in your face. I said, I weighed 12 pounds less in this photo. What's missing is collagen, but thank you. (laughs) (laughs) Collagen is what's missing. Collagen. Same thing. Should have been grateful for collagen. But on that, and on that topic of gratitude, I have an aunt. She's so wise. Obviously, she's not one of us. She was married in. But she says, every time you look in the mirror, you say thank you. And I'm like, oh, that's good. Because it ever changes. So every time, be grateful for how you appear. Amazing. And yeah, happy Thanksgiving, everyone. Let us know what you're thankful for in the comment section of our Instagram. Most self-improved, all one word. And if you're enjoying the podcast, leave a review, share with a friend, subscribe. And thank you. Thank you. (laughs) Thank you. That's where we should leave it. Thank you. Bye, everyone. Bye.